Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. As usual, I have no idea what time you're listening to this, but I'm just glad you're with us tuning in for another episode of the Building Better Men podcast from Life Builders. My name's Junior and I'm really excited to be with you because we have a new series, Marketplace Ministry. Three episodes we're going to take to cover this. Um, What is marketplace ministry? What is ministry? What is a marketplace? Is work important to God? How do we do business God's way? How can we minister to others in our place of work? These are some of the questions we're going to be covering and hopefully addressing and answering for you over the next couple of episodes. So let's try and dig in marketplace ministry let's unpack this what is ministry first of all now i know in the church we love to complicate things we love to add loads of syllables uh multi-syllable words and make ourselves sound good but let's break this down to the brass text what is ministry when we talk about ministry we're essentially talking about an office or capacity from which we deliver a service this could be in the political realm in the religious realm or in secular institutes or organizations essentially ministry is delivering a service and what is a marketplace i know for me when i think about a marketplace maybe the same for you um i tend to have a picture of the traditional marketplace it could be in a town square or a prominent piece of land where traders come, set up stalls, and people come along and buy and sell goods. Uh, today, we know that the marketplace has gone through a massive transformation, <laughs> gone far beyond the physical setup, and is now a very much a virtual entity. So, no longer do you need to go to a physical location to partake in the market, um, but the market is, can also be accessed on telephone by posts and more frequently these days on the internet but for the purpose of this particular series we are defining the marketplace as your place or field of work now this could be that you are an employer an employee or a homemaker Um, and ministry is basically the service we provide for that organization or those people that are under or within our service now i mentioned a couple of questions earlier there's three main questions that we're going to be exploring over this these three episodes uh number one why sorry not why but <laughs> is work important to god so is work important to god uh, number two how do we do business god's way and number three how can we minister to others in our place of work so number one is work important to god if you are a solicitor if you are a banker if you're an insurance salesman if you're a nurse if you are a road sweeper if you're a doctor if you're a mechanic does what you do matter to god is it important to him is is god only interested in your ministry within the four walls of church is god only interested in whether you have uh, ministerial credentials is god only interested if, if you are a sunday school teacher or leader of the women's group or the men's group i think not and i would hope not and we want to try and explore some of that is work important to god
let's have a look at Genesis chapters 1 and 2. Don't worry, we're not going to read through all of chapter 1 and chapter 2. We're just going to pick out a few things out of there. I love the book of Genesis. I think it's a fantastic book. Don't you think it's interesting that when we are introduced to the person of God in Genesis, that it could be argued that he's introduced to us as a worker? What is the first thing we see God doing? When we look at the book of Genesis chapter 1, working, he's doing, he's busy. That is a great example of what God expects us to be doing, to not be idle, to be doing, to be creative. Let's have a look at maybe five or six things uh, which God did in Genesis, which show us that work is of value to God. Number one, God is a fixer. He sees when something is wrong and seeks to put it right. Verses two and three, very simple. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters and then it said God said let there be light the issue was that there was darkness and God brought the light he created the light he saw there was an issue and he provided a solution very simple but this was the beginning of God's creative work that we see in Genesis because he saw that there was a problem it needed fixing God is a fixer number two God is methodical he does things in order um, he's not haphazard. He doesn't do things half-shod. There's an order of creation. Let's have a look at how uh, that actually sits. On first day, on the first day, God created the light. And on the second day, the sky was created. Day three, there's dry land, seas, plants and trees. On the fourth day, the sun, moon and the stars. On the fifth day, creatures that live in the sea and creatures that fly in the air and on the sixth day the animals that live on the land and finally as we all aware that god created mankind in the image of god created he them male and female created he them fantastic we see an order god didn't start creating animals on day two and then come back to them on day four and then finish them off on day six he had an order of when he was going to do particular tasks. In fact, now I'm not a scientist, but they tell me that in science, evolutionary science, when they actually uh, will chart the order that uh, particular life forms came about, it mirrors what we have in Genesis. So for example, the dry land seas, plants and trees in evolutionary science came before the creatures that live in the sea. Um, so, just a bit of a sidebar, but something interesting nonetheless. God is a God of order, and we should be people that uh, we can actually do things orderly and timely. So God is a fixer. God is a God of an order. Number three, what else do we know about God and the way he works? He reviews what he's done. He carries out checks and balances. An old manager of mine once said to me that what gets measured gets done. In other words, 
if you measure what you've been doing, if you track what you've been doing, it puts you in a better position to understand why you uh, yielded particular results. And then that puts you in a position whereby you can change particular behaviours uh, and adjust particular behaviours to get uh, an improved result or a desired result. But that comes from tracking and reviewing. That comes from your checks and balances. And God reviewed after each day, apart from day two, you probably didn't know that, but after each day, apart from day two, God looked at what he had done and said, it is good. In fact, on day six, he looked at everything that he had created and said, it is very good. There's nothing wrong with giving yourself a, a pat on the back. There's nothing wrong with uh, recognizing that you have done a good job. If you don't, nobody else necessarily is going to do that. So recognize where you have done a good job. Um, but yeah, more importantly, review what you've done. Check what you have done. Keep a, 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 a track, checks and balances on what you do in order that you can actually uh, improve your results. What else does God do that we can glean from, that we can understand that work is important to him? God delegates. He looks at who's the most appropriate individual to be able to carry out this particular task. So out of all that he created, he looked at man and thought, yeah, you're the one. We've heard it said that man was God's crowning creation. God looked at man and said, yeah, look, be fruitful, be, um, be fruitful and multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. You are in charge. This is your domain now. You are in charge of this place. Even got Adam to name the animals. You know, God didn't name them. Adam named the animals. Um, and we should be in a position where we are able to recognize, particularly if you have people that are working for you or under you, if you're a manager or if you are a homemaker, those people in your family, you're able to recognize, okay, who can do this? Who can do that? Um, as a good skill to have, being able to recognize what people's strengths talents and giftings are and being able to put them in uh, charge of particular tasks because we're a team yeah together everybody achieves more so learn how to delegate um, if we flip further into Genesis we see where um, Moses was um, Moses was encouraged by his father-in-law not to take on the burden of all the complaints and demands of the people, but to find individuals that could actually take on that for him, that would act as a buffer between the people and him. They can deal with all those petty arguments and disagreements and let Moses concentrate on uh, his relationship with God and what God uh, required him to do. So learn to delegate God does that from the very start and uh, as I say um, this is something we need to learn how to do. God identifies potential problems and is able to provide solutions. It's always good to look ahead, it's always good to think about the what if, not in a negative sense but um, when you are, when you have a task that is ongoing, looking ahead to 
uh, identify potential problems. God looked at Adam and the scripture says that he said, it's not good for man to be alone. Let's flip that and make that a little bit more personable. God looked at Adam and said, this is bad. If we don't do something, this is not good for Adam. Something bad will happen if we don't sort this out. We need to make a helper for him that is suitable for him. Somebody that's going to compliment him to be able to work with him. Identifying potential problems and providing a solution. Thank God for the women. Resting. Now, this is one of my... Don't tell anybody. One of my bad points. Sometimes I don't know when to stop. But, yeah, listen. It's important to rest. It's important to get enough sleep. Uh, for those of you that uh, have listened to our, our podcast around men's health essentials, if not, then you can go back to um, some of our previous podcasts where we are looking at men's health. In that um, one of those episodes, it talks about sleep, the importance of sleep, the importance of rest, how our body repairs itself when we sleep. When we don't get enough sleep, we don't get enough rest. We can actually do damage to our body because it's not getting enough time to repair itself. You know, when you're resting, your body can just concentrate on repairing itself. Your mind can rest and uh, begin to work particular things out in the background rather than everything's full on and active. You need to get enough sleep. You need to get enough rest. You need to know when to stop. You can't be a workaholic. It's not good. I'm talking to myself as well. But we have all these things that God has done just in the first couple of chapters of Genesis. He is a fixer. He's orderly. He carries out checks and balances. He reviews what he's done. He's able to delegate authority. He identifies potential problems and puts in a solution for it. And he recognizes the need for rest so God doesn't only demonstrate to us the value of work but when you think about it the first thing that he uh, gives to Adam to do is to what? to till the ground he gives him work straight away to look after the garden work is important to God it doesn't matter that you don't have a title position in church it doesn't matter that you um, are not head of this or head of that what you do outside of church is just as important to God and in the next two episodes we want to unpack some of that and look at how can God work through you in your workplace if there's nothing else you do in, in church if you don't do anything at church apart from uh, attend worship praise the Lord you don't have any responsibilities in your Monday to Friday life at work or in your Monday to Saturday or Monday to Sunday work as a homemaker, God can still use you. God still uses you just as much as someone who's in quote-unquote full-time ministry. So, not only is work a good thing, it holds a place of importance 
in God's eyes. Let's finish off with a bit of scripture, yeah? Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10 says, Work hard at whatever you do, because there will be no action, no thought, no knowledge, no wisdom in the world of the dead. And that is where you are going. Sounds a bit morbid, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's flip over to Colossians chapter 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Work is important to God. Your work is important to God. God bless you. And I'll see you on the next episode. been listening to the building better men podcast from life builders in each episode we bring to you information that you can use as a tool to help you make a positive impact in the kingdom in the family and in your community to find out more about life builders you can visit us at lifebuilders.org.uk you can email us at lifebuilders at ntcg.org.uk we're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Lifebuilders UK. We're on Instagram at Lifebuilders Reloaded. And of course, good old Facebook. You can find us facebook.com forward slash Lifebuilders. We've recently jumped onto Telegram. Well, I say recently, we've been on there since 2020. Um, and you can search for us on Telegram by typing in Lifebuilders UK. Be encouraged, be inspired. Be better.